We've got iOS and xCloud, Zen 3, and IBM in 2. Happy Friday, friends. It is, well, it's another Friday, and this week has been packed, like quite legitimately been packed with just a variety of news across the spectrum, including we got gaming news, we've got IBM news, yes, IBM, and a whole bunch of other stuff. And so let's just dive into the week. And then we've also got the questions on the backside, which is always my favorite, but here we go. IBM, one of the oldest technology companies on the planet, is splitting itself sort of into two pieces again. And so they're going to have a hybrid and AI company that is going to split off and be worth about 59 ish billion and then they've also got Nuco, not new coke but new co and uh they haven't actually named it named it yet which is gonna be a managed infrastructure company and it's gonna be worth 19 billion dollars or it's also all their low margin business they're just lumping them together kicking them out the door as a new company and i uh, saying good luck effectively because if it's low margin that means it's gonna be a little bit harder for them to operate but whatever uh that is what ibm is doing this isn't the first time they've done this with networking they did this with their pc business and so this is just the next major step for ibm and we will see how that shakes out. Apple also having an event on October 13th. No big surprise there. iPhone 12, maybe some air tags along the way, and we will see what else they have up their sleeve. But uh, yeah, look for that event happening early next week. And then Google is also rebranding their G Suite, which is their Microsoft slash, well, I should say more Office 365 competitor. Uh, G Suite is now being called Google. Uh, being called a workspace. I keep wanting to call it workplace, but it's called workspace. Interestingly enough, if you're not familiar, the guy that's actually running workplace is a former Microsoft. He is actually the guy they bought uh, Javier uh, Soltero, I believe. Uh, he was he created a company which Microsoft bought, and that became the Outlook app that we you now use on all your mobile devices. And then he went over to Google, and bada bing, bada boom. Also announced this week, AMD. Well, they kind of—they didn't really drop the ball. They—they they peeled back the curtains of the Zen 3 Ryzen 5000 family, and so it, this is looking pretty legit. So it is a 16—it's hard even to say that 16 core, which is going to be 32 thread, uh, 5950X, which is going to be their super high performance gaming chip that you're going to want to toss into your PC because they are claiming that it has the highest single thread performance of any desktop gaming processor, which is a pretty big deal. Effectively, if you want to get the highest performance, it looks like AMD is going to be taking that crown, at least based on their marketing, you know, the marketing information, which you need to take with a little bit of salt. And we don't know quite yet what Intel has up its sleeve with Rocket Lake. They started to talk about it, but we haven't actually seen any benchmarks. But that aside, AMD has done phenomenal job with their Zen 2, which is effectively the basis of the PlayStation 5 and Xbox series. Uh, X and S. And now the Zen 3 is looking to build on that momentum and it's looking, it looks pretty dang legit. And so AMD has done a really good job of creating really high performance uh, CPUs and the price points haven't been killer. And so we need to get our full hands on everything else. But if I were to build a new gaming machine, I would definitely be like 5950X should be a, a super good monster to chuck in there to, uh, you know, to, to process all those frames and flight sims. Now on the other side of the AMD coin, they also started to talk about the RX 6000 series and this GPU is based on the known benchmarks looks like it's just going to be okay it doesn't look like it's going to be 3080 good um, but we don't know the pricing yet either really that's going to kind of dictate where this thing falls they did say and they showed off some frame rates um, just graphs they didn't they didn't show off enough information to make like a really solid opinion about everything but it does look like 4k gaming is absolutely going to be possible and that is their target for this next generation GPU from AMD but it definitely looks like Nvidia is going to have the performance crown 
pretty easily based on what they have shown off so far. That being said, if AMD comes in with a really competitive price point below the 3080 or even potentially even below the 3070, then we will see how this shakes out. But the RX 6000 might just be a good value proposition rather than a perform performance proposition. So the winning combo here could be something like a Ryzen 9 5950X and like a 3080. Uh, or if you're trying to save a few dollars, a 3070, uh, those might be, that might be a really, really fun gaming machine. So just keep that in mind as you go to, uh, you know, start to look at build out your next device. Other things, AMD is also in talks to my, and I cannot pronounce this name, Zilnix, maybe? Um, it's another processing company, and they are really known for their FPGAs. That is kind of like their big things, or field programmable, field programmable gate arrays. And this is an area that Intel has actually done pretty well in. And the, it, the rumors here are that AMD is going to be spending about $30 billion to snatch up this company. And if they do, it's really going to solidify their portfolio of offerings that go head-to-head -head effectively with Intel. It's really going to shore up uh, what AMD is doing. AMD has just been on fire lately, in, in a good way. Their, their chips do run hot, but not, um, not, not that hot. Um, so if they do snatch this up, this will give them a more broad portfolio. And it's kind of hard to look at AMD and say, hey, you know, like they're they are the underdogs but they've definitely come out fighting and they've definitely got uh some good things flowing in their directions on the cpu side gpu side they could still catch up to nvidia uh or, or you know could use some effort to catch up to nvidia but at the same time it, you know it's kind of hard to fault them for what they're doing uh, a bunch of new stuff came out in windows 10 or i should say windows 10 news this week there's a new customization screen that microsoft is trying out and effectively what it allows you to do is sort of optimize your pc for what you're going to be using it for basically select some options like of gaming and then it will kind of tailor the install to that uh, it's good to see that microsoft is experimenting with this stuff nothing official yet they're just trying to a b test it to see how things go also uh windows 10x a little bit of news here is that the out of box experience or what you kind of get when you you well you pull it out of the box and you start it up for the first time that OOBE as it is called was discovered in the latest Windows 10 build which makes it look like they are bringing that experience over to the proper Windows 10 desktop and hopefully we will be seeing that experience replacing what is that blue Cortana-ish screen um, that has been kind of aging uh, not so gracefully uh, the past couple of years. So those are the big highlights uh, of on the tech side. On the gaming side, uh, Forza Motorsport 7 is landing on Game Pass for Xbox and PC. That is, I don't just go download and have a, a big thing. Uh, but the big news the, of the week, it, well, I should say the two big gaming news of the week, is that Microsoft and GameStop announced a pretty massive deal. Now, a lot of this is back-end office stuff. So effectively what GameStop is doing is moving all of their infrastructure over to like Dynamics, to Azure, uh, and then the terminals, sale terminals, they're going to be moving things over to the Surface family of products. I don't know if they have a specific device um, in mind yet, but you might see a variety of different Surface devices ending up in GameStop shops. But the one interesting sentence I really want to pull out of, out of the entire announcement because there's a lot of just like, hey, let's... PR fluff or whatever. It says GameStop and Microsoft will both benefit from the customer acquisition and lifetime revenue value each gamer brings into the Xbox, each gamer brought into the Xbox ecosystem. What this sounds like, and I've actually emailed GameStop for some clarification, but surprised they haven't uh, responded by the time of this podcast, is that each gamer brought into the Xbox ecosystem. It sounds like Microsoft, and this is related to um, Xbox All Access, I believe, because they're now bringing that also to GameStop. And so this is really interesting that it sounds like GameStop is going to get additional revenue 
over the life cycle of a product sale for Xbox All Access uh, if they get a customer into there. Like effectively, the TLDR is if I walk into GameStop and I do Xbox All Access, for what this sentence sounds like is that GameStop is going to benefit over that 24-month period for the sale. Now, that is a big deal for GameStop because typically you go and you buy one game and then you leave and then there's no additional interaction or like that. This is going to hopefully for GameStop, and I think this might be part of the deal, is increase their cash flow on a monthly basis. Because yes, you walk into the store and you're not giving them $500 that month, but you're giving them $25 or you know $32 per month. And GameStop is, let's just going to say, get a dollar of that for each one they bring into the system. And that helps boost their monthly cash flow. Now you're saying, Brad, why is that interesting? Why is that a big deal? Well, think about it this way. If you're GameStop and you know that you now have a cash flow uh, revenue generating product that you didn't offer previously in the same capacity, you're not going to be pushing a lot of people into that because that is really good for your bottom line. It's really going to help stabilize GameStop's operation. Do not sleep on the fact that they have 5,000 stores in 10 different countries. If Microsoft even gets just a little bit of a hedge over Sony in the GameStop store specifically, that is a huge win for Microsoft because then they're going to be incentivizing their salespeople to push the Xbox all access rather than saying another product. And if they're pushing Microsoft products other than, you know, the comp the competition, that is a big deal for Microsoft. This isn't one of those like splashy, like, okay, EA play is in game pass or they bought Bethesda. Don't get me wrong. Those are massive and good things. This is more of a, a business and tactical maneuver that is going to, I believe, help GameStop sell more Xbox consoles. And if obviously if Microsoft is selling more Xbox consoles, then they can sell more Game Pass subscriptions. And that is a big deal for both companies. And that is really going to help push, I think, Xbox further uh, into you know the, the consumer realm than they had maybe been with the previous generation. Also, the other big sort of quasi news this week, I actually heard about this a couple days ago. Uh, Microsoft held an internal company meeting. And now this came across like multiple publications at the same time uh, yesterday because this was effectively broadcast inside the company and anybody could watch in. Um, here's the deal. So they are going to be bringing xCloud to iOS. No surprise there, but they are working on the same path as Amazon. They're working on building it out so that it can run on the Safari browser on your iOS device. That is effectively what they are doing. Um, no surprise there. Once Amazon sort of, you know, un not unlocked is the wrong word to say with Luna. Um, but, you know, Microsoft was aware of this, I think, even prior to Luna. I want to say I had been hearing things that they were trying to figure out how to do this. And now that, you know, Luna's allowed to run it, Microsoft is going all in. So look for xCloud to arrive on iOS in 2021 via the browser, unless somehow they land a deal with Apple to do it through the App Store. But I would not hold your breath for that. And so, yeah, there is that. The other interesting thing, too, is that Microsoft published a bunch of sort of like rules or sort of like, I called it like the Geneva Convention of App Stores uh, earlier this week, too. And I'd be very interested to see what would happen if Apple tried to bring like an Apple card, Apple arcade app to the Xbox ecosystem. I wonder how Microsoft would react with that. That would be just a little food for your thoughts. Um, so we got a bunch of questions this week here. We are going to dive into them. And uh, I always tweet them out at BDSams on Twitter. And so let's refresh the thread because I, they get posted up on Therat.com. And people ask why I do it this way because it's quite frankly, it's, it's really hard to aggregate Twitter DMs, YouTube postings, Reddit stuff. Like it just, it's too hard. So I just need a single feed. Otherwise, uh, it would be a little bit dicey here trying to get things up and running. 
First question comes from Sot3. What has been happening with the Microsoft 365 outages? Shouldn't it be more resilient than this? Yeah, Microsoft has had a bunch of weird and random outages. They had some uh, authentication issues. They had some uh, backend infrastructure issues. Sometimes it always just boils down to DNS. This has been a, a rough week for Microsoft. Actually, Slack went down as well. And I don't think there's any correlation between Microsoft Teams and, and authentication going down and Slack going down. Uh, it certainly should be a bit more resilient than this. And Microsoft has certainly taken a little bit of a black eye on some of their update processes this fall, have not been going as smoothly as I, I don't really have a great answer other than, you know, you have two separate teams that have pushed bad updates in a span of like seven to 10 days. And yeah, not a good look. Uh, Left Coast Lost, why wouldn't Microsoft make an xCloud app for PlayStation? Well, I don't think PlayStation would allow uh, xCloud on it. That, I think that's going to be the probably the biggest reason um, I mean they certainly could and I don't think that they it's not that they wouldn't I just don't think that the effort is quite there yet also it would be a little awkward um, to announce xCloud on for PlayStation but if PlayStation would allow it I could see honestly Microsoft trying to do it uh, Johnny 77 says uh, what is up with the latest family calendar mess which now doesn't work on the Windows 10 mail app or the Microsoft launcher or the Outlook Outlook desktop app there are there are screwed uh, thousands of people are screwed and it's ridiculous. Yeah, this works now as designed and we'll uh, we'll get to it eventually. Basically, Microsoft has a family calendar feature where you'll, you can share calendars and integrate it. But depending on the app you're looking at, it may not be supported. And it's really weird, especially since they just launched their, remember, they launched Teams for Life or whatever they call it, Teams for Consumer. And it's supposed to sort of like, you know, take over that role and functionality, but it's not really there. And so uh, I don't I don't have a great answer because I completely agree that the family calendar stuff is a complete mess and Microsoft is not making it easy to run your family off of a calendar uh, because it's not supported in every single app that they make. Uh, oh, gosh. Cadgart says, a new subscriber to your channel. Thanks for your content. Well, thanks for hanging out. We appreciate it. I was curious if you could give me your opinion on something. I'm currently running an i5 256 Surface, 256 gig Surface Pro 4, and I think the same, and I think it's about time to upgrade. I was looking at the 7, but I'm leaning towards the Surface Laptop Go. The same spec and Go is $300 less than the same spec Pro 4. It's docked 90% of the time, and I don't think I'll miss much in the way of the tablet. Do you think this is a good option? So let me kind of flip that a little bit here. Uh, the Surface Pro 7 is a, is a bit aged now at this point. And so I, I would, be, unless you find a good deal on it, I would tell you that maybe you don't want to buy it because I think after the refresh, you might be a little bit disappointed that's coming down the pipeline. But the, uh, on the other side, if you get the new Surface Laptop Go, you're getting it right at the best time where you're going to get the longest life cycle out of it before it gets refreshed. So if you want, as long as the performance, you, if, as long as you think that the performance of the Surface Laptop Go, especially if you get like the 699 SKU or higher, which I think you will more than likely be fine with if that's what you're running a Pro 4 on today, you should be perfectly fine there. And I honestly think that would be the route that I would end up with just because I would hate for you to go buy the Pro 7 and then in a couple months later, uh, you get the Pro 8 comes out and you're like, why did I just spend all this money on this thing? And then it's getting refreshed. Whereas with the Surface Laptop Go, you know that's not going to happen for at least a year. And he says, also, what is the first game you're going to play on the Series X? Uh, well, there, that's a twofold answer. If you're the, the first game, I can almost guarantee you I'm going to play is probably Call of Duty Warzone, just because that's what I play with most of my friends. Um, but I'm also looking, at, I believe it's Falconeer, that new game that's coming out. I think that looks like a lot of fun. Um, I, I think that's going to be my kind of like solo campaign game that uh, I, I plan on playing for a little bit. Uh, SRRLX1986, two questions. The Xbox beta app on iOS, will that be open to everyone around the holidays? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, you got to remember Xbox, iOS, beta apps 
have a limit, I believe, of max 10,000 users. I believe that is how the development program works on iOS. So it's not something like Microsoft is artificially limiting this. I think that's just how Apple does it because they probably got uh, some people doing some workarounds to try to get their apps for free or distributed outside the store effectively. And so I don't think Microsoft would have to submit like a second app, but then they'll only get them to 20,000 users. So I don't, I don't think that would honestly happen. Uh, it says, I am in the market for a laptop right now. What do you think is a better deal? A laptop with a 10th gen Intel or an 11th gen processor? So the one thing that's missing from this is how much, what's the budget? Because you are definitely going to be able to get a 10th gen laptop for less money than an 11th gen processor. So realistically, what I tell everybody is one, make sure it has four cores. I don't, I think you'd have actually probably a harder time right now finding something that doesn't have four cores right now. And then just make sure the storage is adequate. But I don't think you're going to have a massive difference in performance between 10th and 11th gen, especially if you can save a couple hundred bucks. I think I would end up with a 10th gen just for a value as long with the qualification, as long as you're doing just like productivity and just kind of screwing around on the web. If you're doing some high end intensive tasks, then you might want to go for the higher end uh, 11th gen uh, when you can get your hands on it, because then you might just, you're going to get a little bit better performance, but you're also going to pay more for it. NGC224 says, any chance Microsoft fires Panos after all the failures of Surface under his leadership? Um, that's an interesting one. <laughs> uh, I don't, I know. He just got a major promotion. Um, he did, he, I, this is, this is a baffling one. Uh, he just got a major promotion if you don't didn't realize now that he owns effectively Windows. And so they're, they're not kicking him out the door. And I think that would be a huge black eye from a marketing and PR perspective if they kicked out the guy who's been creating the Surface brand, um, which has gone effectively from $0 up to about $2 billion a quarter in revenue at its peak, at least so far. I think they did 1.9 something as their, their last highest. And so I don't think Surface has really been a failure. I mean, they've certainly had their bumps, but you got to remember that he was not leading Surface under RT and RT2 initially. So he effectively took over uh, RT2-ish Surface Pro 3 around that time. And so just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, and he, he goes on to say, yes, I know revenue uh, numbers are not the same as profit. So just keep that in mind. Yes, you're, you're exactly right. Revenue and profit are, are not the same thing. Um, but I actually think Surface is in a pretty good place right now. And I think the Surface Laptop Go is going to actually push them uh, a lot further into the sales category or, or sales demographic against like Chromebooks and all that. And so I, I do not see them getting rid of Penos. Uh, JNBCK says, uh, two ARM-related questions. Uh, what do you believe the timeline will be for ARM to be the dominant chipset for Windows PCs, especially since they announced 60, X64 support 5, 10, or 15 years? That I There's no way I can answer this question and not regret it because I can be like, yeah, it's going to be 10 years. And then it will you know, define dominant. I don't think there's going to be one day where we all wake up and every single thing we run is ARM. And I also don't... I don't know if ARM will overtake Intel and AMD, what they're doing at like the fringes of like high end, super high end, like gaming and, and that type of crunch computing. ARM is very, very, very efficient, which is, makes it great for like laptops and mobile devices and, and even servers for that matter. But if you were like, like dominant chipset, I guess you mean by volume. Um, you can honestly make that argument right now that it's potentially the dominant platform by volume because every single mobile phone out there is already running an ARM device. And I believe they're selling more phones than they are laptops and desktops. So it might honestly be just today. 
Uh, and they says, will Linux be able to keep uh, providing driver support for ARM-based machines? I'm not privy on the amount of work that it takes to bring that over. Uh, maybe once that's in the kernel support, not so much for the individual distros. Linux is such a, a unique and fun thing. It's it's fun because it it's, you know, it's a tinkerer's dream. Um, but there's also 75 different ways to install an application uh, with Linux rather than just double clicking. And, and that can be confusing. I don't, that one's really tough to answer because driver support is such a, a vendor specific thing. And as I can't make a blanket statement says, ah, yeah, it'll eventually be there. So uh, Mr. PKI says Windows Insider question of the week. Is anyone working on Windows 10X or has everyone moved to waking Windows virtual desktop uh, to be the face of Windows going forward? I mean, there's definitely still people uh, working on Windows 10X, but the lines between what is Windows and what is Windows 10X is getting blurrier, if that makes sense. Yes, there's still Windows 10X. So please don't write those headlines. Um, but it's not It's not this, like when Microsoft announced it, it was like Windows 10 is going this route and Windows 10X is going this route. And, and those roads aren't as diverged uh, as they previously were, um, you know, if we, if we wound back the clock 24 months uh, ago. Uh, Lyle's back. I can only hope, Lyle, uh, I can only hope you'll discuss AMD announcements. Any insights on the upcoming Radeon lineup? Uh, I, I just, I genuinely think that the Radeon lineup is not going to be as powerful as NVIDIA's. They've already kind of made that somewhat clear based on their, on the specs that they showed off during uh, the keynote yesterday. That being said, I think it's all going to come down to pricing. For example, like if Radeon comes out and says, hey, we can get you roughly 4K gaming at roughly 60 frames per second for like $399, that would be a massive win for AMD because you got to spend more money than that to get it on the NVIDIA side. And so the pricing is the major variable that we still need to understand to give us the full spectrum. And AMD is not dense. Like they know they know that if their cards aren't outperforming NVIDIA's, they can't charge more money because then they, like who's going to buy them? Also, you got to remember that for a very long time, AMD made their bread and butter in that middle segment. They didn't try to sell to the super high end. They wanted to get to that average price point that most people spend at, which makes sense. You don't need the fringe cases um, all the time. And so that is where they kind of lived previously. And so I kind of expect that they would follow a similar path because it, honestly, it's, it's working out for them. Matt Dine says, so what is the story about the heat from the Series X? Is this a made up problem for some clicks or is it a real concern? My personal theory is that the heat exhausting in a larger concentrated area, what makes it easier to perceive? Um, Aaron Greenberg actually talked about this a little bit publicly on Twitter. And so yes, AMD chips typically run hot. Like you can't deny that fact. Like you also can't deny the fact that both Xbox and PlayStation are effectively using very similar chip designs. So they probably have very similar thermal envelopes. And so are, are people burning their hands like on the top of an Xbox? I don't think so. If your hand is getting burnt on the top of an Xbox, you can only imagine what the actual temperature is inside the console. And that would be very bad news for Microsoft. And they are acutely aware, about a billion dollars acutely aware of what it takes or what it costs if you have a console that fails due to heat issues. So I am not worried about heat at the top. I think this, this is uh, being blown way out of proportion. Is it going to be warmer than the ambient air around the console? Yeah, it's a PC blowing hot air out. Go stick your hand behind your own PC and you will feel warm air coming out. Are you going to be frying eggs and making omelets on the back of your Xbox? I don't think so. Uh, Gotham JBN says, been hearing rumors about Microsoft buying, buying Nokia again. Thoughts? Um, well, there's not much left of Nokia. I mean, they have some like 5G backend technologies and stuff like that. Uh, I think they got rid of their mapping, if I remember correctly. And so I, I guess Microsoft could, but they've already made some 5G acquisitions, actually. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the company, but I know that they've announced that recently. 
they if there's if they buy what's left of Nokia, sure, but I don't see them making a huge play into that uh, arena, at least not yet. Uh, Vladimir says, I'm very undecided about what gaming stuff to buy this holiday. Welcome to the club. Uh, you have RTX 3080 Xbox Series X. I know it's a very vague question. We're curious what you think about it. Well, so what you've just described, 3080 or Xbox Series X. Well, first off, the Series X is less than a 3080, I believe. And here's here's sort of the thing. If you buy a 3080, you need the rest of the computer to be good uh, with it, right? You need you need RAM, you need storage, you need a CPU, you need a motherboard, you need a disk drives, you need a monitor, you need a keyboard and all that. So if you have if you have a high end PC but is extremely bottlenecked by the thirty eight by the GPU, then the thirty eighty might make a bit more sense because then you just pop that in and you've got you'll get better frame rates than you will on the Xbox Series X at least uh, you know kind of across the board um, it seems and also uh, certain games do play better on the PC and on a PC you can always hook up an Xbox controller and get that Xbox like experience on the PC. That being said, if you don't have a PC that already has fantastic components other than the GPU, I would get the Series X personally if gaming is your thing because you buy the console, you you plug in the HDMI cable and you're ready to go. There's no additional cost if you have, well, I, I can't say there's no additional cost. You might have to buy the games, but that is same on the PC. Um, you could always go the Game Pass route on the console for like 15 bucks and get a whole bunch of games too. So, you know, given the scenario, I would personally go the Series X. I do play games on my PC, but there's something about sitting in front of a PC for me that reminds me of work and makes me want to check email or Teams or something like that. And when I can just go plop my butt down on the couch and just game, I prefer a console because I hold down the Xbox button. Uh, it lights up, you know, you hear the button, and then you're just gaming. And so that's how I would go about it, personally speaking. That's if you can get your hands on. Well, actually, you might. I wonder what it's harder to get. I wonder if it's harder to get a Series X or a 3080. I would think it might be a 3080 might be harder to, I don't know. They're both going to be really in thin supply. So maybe maybe the true answer is whatever you can get your hands on. That might be the good way to go. So, all right, guys, that wraps it up for this week. As always, very much appreciate the questions hanging out and just doing what we do. Uh, it's your motivation that keeps us all going. Have yourselves a wonderful weekend. And we'll catch all of you right back here next time.